Welcome to episode 13 of the Preg Active podcast. In this episode, we talk through mood and mindset in pregnancy and postpartum, helping mamas across the world with tips that they can implement to help them in the coping strategies. Obviously, now being in this time of a pandemic in lockdowns, it's hard, it's tough, and there's a lot going on. So let's dive in with Rebecca Black, the psychologist, to assist with all things mood and mindset. Hi, I'm Karen, the founder of Pregactive. And through this Pregactive podcast, I'm going to help you to feel empowered, informed, and confident through your pregnancy and motherhood journey as we talk all things health, mind, and fitness. Okay, I am so excited to have Rebecca Black with us today to talk all things mood and mindset through pregnancy and postpartum. So welcome back. And do you want to just give us a little bit of a brief as to who you are, what you do? Sure. Thank you so much for having me, Karen. So I'm Rebecca. I'm a psychologist. I'm a hypnobirthing practitioner. I'm a mum to two beautiful little girls, um, Stevie's nearly four and Aubrey's nearly 18 months. Um, And my business is called the Mindful Birth Movement. So I support women through their conception, pregnancy, birth journey, and then into motherhood with hypnobirthing programs and in my private practice as a psychologist. Amazing. And you know what? Right now is a time that you are needed, (laughs) isn't it? Very much so. And um, unfortunately, yeah, there's just so many people out there that need the support of a psychologist um, or or professional support in some capacity. So it's um, a very busy time, that's for sure. And I think the other thing to acknowledge here is that, um, you know, if someone – like myself, right? I've never had any issues in terms of mental health and I've never felt like I needed to see a psychologist. But certainly throughout this pandemic and the lockdowns and, and you know, motherhood journey, it's actually not just I'm really, really at breaking point, now I need to go see someone. It's actually almost, you know, I'm just having a really hard time at the moment and I need to talk things through mm. and talking things through with, you know, someone who obviously knows what they're talking about is actually really helpful. So it doesn't mean that, you know, you're locked in and then you have to then have 20 sessions to get back better. It sometimes could just be a couple of conversations mm. that are a bit more positive and give you a bit more light that, that certainly can help, right? A hundred percent. And I think that a lot of people have this misconception around seeing a psychologist that it's, I'll go when I'm at breaking point or I need to be mentally unwell to see a psych. Mm. But my view is that really everybody could benefit from having a really safe, supportive space to talk about what they're going through, especially in COVID. Um, So it doesn't, and actually you get more out of it if you're not at breaking point, if you're kind of still coping, but just want to get some extra support. Um, I think it's wonderful for everybody to have that opportunity or option to have that support. 
amazing. And what we're going to talk about a lot today is some tips to help women go through the journey that they're going through at the moment. So it might be that they're currently pregnant and, you know, going through this all, um, this pandemic and the, the changes that have happened in their first pregnancy. It could be that they're going through a second pregnancy and, you know, had issues in the past or have they have a, you know, a toddler running at their feet, me, <laughs> or um, they have other other kids to look after, homeschooling, those sort of things. And then, of course, new mothers who are going through this journey and potentially don't feel completely supported around them because of, you know, lockdowns or different situations that have changed what they might have thought was the ideal situation for them with family and friends around them and family and friends being able to come and and assist. Um, And then, you know, you've got mothers who have not pregnant and not newly a mom, but they are, you know, struggling with having all the kids at home, could be raining outside, you're not allowed to go to playgrounds or whatever it might be. And that's a struggle point as well. So we're really going to cover across that broad area. But, you know, realistically, we're all mamas, you know, whether we haven't yet had our baby or whether um, we've got multiple. And a lot of the time, it's a similar struggle. Yeah. So I I really want to acknowledge the immense impact that these lockdowns are having on mothers. Um, the the research, the data shows us, us that women are really struggling. So we know that there's a massive increase in cases of postnatal depression, especially for new mums. We know that um, women are generally putting themselves last in terms of looking after their needs because they're so busy caring for their children and doing majority of the parenting. We know there's so many women out there that have had to either quit their jobs altogether or cut back on their working hours in order to be the primary carer. Um, So this lockdown is just having such a huge impact across the board for mothers. Um, And then we look at the grief and loss associated with women on this journey, whether it's a first pregnancy or a second or a third pregnancy, early motherhood, these experiences that they're really losing along the way and missing out on is causing women to really struggle with grief and loss. And I think really no um, acknowledging that is so important that what you're going through is valid and real and it's a really hard time at the moment. And that's the thing, isn't it? It's a matter of acknowledging. That's the first step, definitely. Mm-hmm. Because if you're just like, oh, I shouldn't feel like this, mm-hmm. um, and then denying it, then that that that's hard to to help as well. And mm-hmm. if you acknowledge it, like you know, I, I mean, I'm going to put my hand up straight away. Uh, I've had bad days, right? And I'll have moments where I'm like, this is really hard, like. We've been in the lounge room and then we've been in the kitchen and then we go back to the lounge room and then we go back to the kitchen. It's like I'm running out of ideas what to do with the toddler and I'm feeling really tired and I'm emotionally and physically drained. Mm. And it's the days that I acknowledge that and then I don't actually put any other expectations on myself are the better days because I'm not then trying to make sure that the house is clean and then you know I've got the dishes done and that I'm all looking all good and and you know I've got my grumpy clothes 
<laughs> that you wear that are your comfortable clothes, yeah. right? That you just always go, you know what? I just feel like being in these and I do my thing, acknowledge that I'm just might not see anyone today and that's okay. And then from that moment is where I put in, okay, let's have a little bit of a water challenge or let's, um, you know, do something like let's make sure instead of going for the chocolate, I go for have an orange and, uh, you know, a healthier biscuit or something like that mm-hmm. that fuels me with the hydration and the nutrients that my body actually probably needs compared to something I'm like, oh, I just need chips right now. <laughs> yeah and and I think that that is so important so a few things there around really that validation acknowledgement of our struggles is the is the most important first step because I think a lot of people are um and the the clients that I see in private practice and just talking to women I feel like we're very quick to minimize and dismiss what we're going through it might be oh but other people have it worse or I'm just going to be grateful I should be grateful for what I've got and there's this real you know almost toxic positivity or we should be grateful this pressure to have our shit together um when that is like there's parts of that that can be helpful but it's only helpful after we've had a chance to just take a moment acknowledge our feelings and validate those feelings so even you know as a first little practice or technique for people to try I would really just um, invite you to take a deep breath even place a hand on your heart and just kind of feel into your body and maybe just acknowledge how you're feeling today I'm feeling sad I miss my family and I'm in pain right now or I'm really you know, missing going to the playground with my kids and these days at home are really challenging. Just give yourself permission to feel that before you put that pressure on yourself or that expectation on yourself to to shift it or to move through it. Mm, that's great. That's a really good point. And I think the the emotions, there's so many different ones. And, you know, we think we're either sad or happy. And it's like, well, no, not necessarily. There's, you know, there's different realms within that, that spectrum. Um, I've actually got a grateful diary. And I don't use it every day because there's no pressure to, which is great. <laughs> I feel like sometimes you start something, and you're like, oh, I'm going to have a grateful diary and I'm going to write it in every day. And then three days in, you, you don't and you're like, oh, I failed. But um, what I like about this grateful diary is that it's got how I feel and it's got, you know, calm, relaxed, happy, tired anxious, um, angry, and it's got all of these different emotions. And obviously I don't just tick one. Sometimes I'm ticking, you know, multiple and you can see the days that I've ticked all the more positive ones. And then that you can see the days where I've ticked all the negative more ones. And it's, it's great because I go, am I relaxed? Am I anxious? Like I sort of go, how how do I feel? And that's a real good check-in because it's not like I'm ticking a box. I know before I said bad days, but I don't necessarily have bad days because there's good moments within each day, right? But, um, you know, being able to acknowledge that at points in this day I felt sad or I felt angry, or I felt calm, or I felt relaxed, and, and so on. So that's and rather than judging that, I think it's really just acknowledging that 
life in general, but particularly what we're going through right now, it's a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And and act like a really helpful way to view that is actually knowing that we can just ride it out. If we're feeling a certain emotion, we don't necessarily have to try and get rid of it or change it. But the process of just noticing, acknowledging and riding out that emotion with, I guess, knowing at the point, do I need to take action around this? Do Is there something I can do that can help move me through this? Um, but starting to acknowledge all of those emotions, I think is really important. Yeah, exactly. And, and also then knowing, okay, if I'm feeling this way, what's my method of dealing with that? Like what helps me? And as an example, I know for me, if I'm feeling really tense and, um, and stressed and I feel like there's a lot going on, like a bath, a hot, warm bath mm-hmm. or a shower, because, you know, sometimes you don't always have options to have a bath, but something that's just that, and it doesn't even have to be long, but I find it just helps me. And that's my personal yeah. um, definite go-to, um, you know, things like having just a hot cup of tea or, um, you know, yeah. just knowing that doing my yoga, even if it's a shorter session, actually really helps me too. Even if when I'm doing it, I'm like, oh, this isn't fast enough. Or <laughs> you know, when you get agitated and you're like, oh, I just need something quick. Yeah. And I think that sometimes where, um, you know, women will go for like that, I need to release this quickly and it needs to be like a run or a boxing class or something that's going to sweat this anger or whatever it is out um and you know if that works for you great but being either pregnant or early postpartum maybe that's not always an option and then I know I find a lot of women get frustrated because they're like that used to be my release I used to go for a run that was my free time Mm -hmm. now I'm stuck here either pregnant and not being able to go for a run or I'm got a you know a baby and I can't just leave them and if I go for a run is my pelvic floor going to fall out (laughs) so like they're the things and then they start to think oh if I can't go for a run I can't do anything and so it's a matter of having multiple go-tos isn't it yeah, so I really think that that first process of how am I feeling, what do I need, and then how can I meet that need? Mm. And then, like you said, having multiple strategies or ways of having those needs met for us because, you know, like you said, we've there's barriers in place as, as to what we can do depending on our bodies, capabilities, where we're at, how many children we've got, you know, lockdowns. So we need to have a range of different things that we know can help us, you know, fill up our cup, help us relax, help us release stress. Um, And I'm a huge believer in micro moments of self-care. And it's like those small moments in our day, rather than feeling like I need to have an hour to myself or I need to do this big thing, what, how, if even just changing our mindset to think, five minutes to sit down with my cup of tea, holding the warm mug, smelling the smell of my cup of tea or my coffee, taking it in, taking a few sips when it's really hot and taking that in. And if we were to picture that as that is my moment, that is filling my cup. And if we were able to do 10 of those moments a day that take 60 seconds or two minutes or five minutes, 
that is going to lead to us feeling energized and and more fulfilled and more um, full than I guess feeling like we need to do that one big thing or things that we're like well I can't do that right now therefore I've got nothing exactly and you know that that's exactly what the mindset needs to shift towards small achievable things rather than that one big thing because if that one big thing can't be achieved then there's even more frustration Mm -hmm. and more disappointment and more feeling of failure and so um, taking those small things is so important I remember when Max was just a newborn Mm -hmm. and I was trying to rest and you know it's so unpredictable because you don't know when your baby's going to need you, particularly in those first few weeks, definitely. And um, what I found was I would literally, in my moment of not being needed <laughs> right then and there, I would go to the bed, day or night, doesn't matter, because um, time doesn't matter in those first few weeks. And I would um, say to myself, I'm going to do 10 deep breaths. Because I wasn't going to go, I'm going to have a half an hour nap or I'm going to have a 15 minute nap because I didn't know if I was going to have that time. And I felt like if I put the pressure on me having a half an hour nap, Mm -hmm. I would be so anxious that I'm not going to get it. Right. So then it would, I'd be laying there going, I hope I get this half an hour. I hope I get this half an He's hour. He's going to cry. I'm going to have to get up any minute now. Yeah. Right. So, but what's interesting is that I would start from one. Um, and I would do my deep breath in and I don't actually think I ever got to 10, like as in not because I got, um, you know, got called out by Max or anything like that, but because I lost count or I, you know, started just drifting off or whatever it was. But what happened was it was given me enough that I could start to settle and relax instantly mm-hmm. and particularly those first few breaths whereas if I had a said to myself I've just got three breaths and then I make it to three and then I'm like okay now what whereas I found having 10 was almost achievable in my mind that I could just do it but then I you know it, it gave me that um, tool to drift off mm-hmm. and relax yeah. or if I then got called out after five. I was like, oh, well, I got halfway there. <laughs> yeah. And deep breathing, honestly, deep breathing is something I teach to every client I see in private practice because it has the power to completely transform how we're feeling in a given moment in terms of you know, giving us a break from those anxious thoughts running through our head, allowing us to just focus on our breath. Um, it can release stress, release tension, help us feel more calm. And it's just like there's so many um, research shows, so many benefits of deep breathing. So even if you have that as one of your those micro moments of self-care where it's like, I'm going to go hide in the pantry and do five deep breaths. Or like you said, you know, don't put the pressure on yourself to go to sleep, but go have a lie down in bed and do some deep breathing. Um, it makes such a big difference. And I remember my um, midwife came. It was only days after I had my baby. And um, she said, do some deep breaths. It will probably even help your milk come in. Mm. And I looked at it and I was like, how, what? And it all makes sense because I think people think, oh, just some deep breaths just might help, you know, me relax my muscle. It helps shift your whole nervous system, all your hormones, like it helps promote this internal 
as you you know you can explain more about it but it just shifts you into this state of um more relaxation which is not just a matter of your muscles are relaxed and you're not thinking about your to-do list anymore it's actually a whole internal state isn't it a hundred percent so physiologically deep breathing will help our nervous system relax and given you know the world we're living in at the moment a lot of us are feeling stressed all of the time or a, a large portion of the time and our bodies are not designed to be in that state of constant arousal and constant like on alertness, um, you know, scanning the environment, worrying about things. It's really bad for us. It's going to lead to a lot of different health issues, mental and physical down the track. And a breathing technique as simple as so that um, the technique I teach, there's so many different ways to do it and there's no right or wrong, but the one I teach is we breathe in for four filling our stomach and our chest, and then we exhale for six. And we do that through our nose both times, so in and out through the nose. And this is physiologically proven to reduce that arousal system in our body. So helping us move from that activated state of stress, state of fight or flight, to a space of feeling more calm in our body is um, really powerful, really important. You know what, that's so funny you say that because that's definitely one of the techniques I use myself because the counting actually gives you a focus point. For a busy mind, particularly, if you just if someone says to you just breathe, like oh, I am right now, I'm breathing. <laughs> and it sounds it sounds silly and a lot of people roll their eyes, oh sure, deep breathing. But honestly, like please try it because it's a, like it's an honest game changer, especially with that, like you said, that anxious mind where you're constantly thinking of things. I've had clients come back and they're like, it's just such a relief just to have a few minutes break from what my mind is constantly stressing about and telling me that these bad things are going to happen or, you know, I should be doing all of these things. Just giving you a break from that is, mm. yeah. And it's not even about escaping bad thoughts. You know, I often will go for a walk and I'm there thinking about different things like, oh, what's a what's a new podcast topic I can do? What's this, you know, what, what will I reply to this message and what will I say here? And, yeah. oh, you know, what's my next new workout video going to be? And so they're not necessarily negative thoughts, right, but they are thoughts and mm. they consume me and it's, Actually, the moments like it happened yesterday, I um, put Max down for his nap and he gets one nap. Like he has one nap in the day, which for me is my one break. And so that's golden time. And for me, I've now started to put him down and then go to the other end of the house go to the toilet and then because you know it's nice to actually go to the toilet by yourself sometimes and then I um you know might lay down or sit down and I'll do some deep breathing often I now do it on the bed where I'm in like a almost child's pose just to help my body relax as well but I do my deep breathing and it doesn't matter how long I'm there it might be a couple of minutes it might be a bit longer but then afterwards I've got such clarity Whereas if I go, and this, you know, has happened in the past, I go, I've just put Max down. I might have 40 minutes. I don't know. I might have an hour. Uh, I don't know how long I've got. So now I've got to, you know, quickly hop on and do my work or I've got to quickly get everything done in the house or whatever it might be. And I put these pressures on myself that then I never get 
as much done and I never am as productive and it never I almost get and I shouldn't say this but sometimes in those days or those moments I get disappointed when I hear his cry out when he's waking because my no I didn't get everything in the world done and then but now like doing this new technique it's really helped me and then when I hear him I'm like okay that's my time and I put whatever I'm doing away and every single time I go into him I'm like oh I just love him so much Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's just that appreciation for him and that moment and that I get Mm -hmm. to be with him in the daytime and it's so nice. So it's it's been a total shift for me. That's really helped, I think. Yeah, yeah, and it does. It makes a big difference and even just, um, you know, hearing you share that example I really want to acknowledge that the the breathing and the focusing on the breath can help from those good things that are going through our head too, or just that busyness of our mind. Mm-hmm. So it's like you said, not necessarily bad things, but it's it's tiring. It can be quite exhausting being on that you know constant loop all the time. Um, so giving yourself a break from that. And I guess what I'd also like to acknowledge is, um, you know, we've spoke briefly kind of alluded to this a few times, but really giving ourselves permission to let go of those, you know, really um, unhelpful expectations and pressures that we put on ourselves, especially now during COVID. I guess I would love to say to every mum out there that you are doing an amazing job. Your best is good enough and you don't need to do all of the things on your to-do list. Um, And I think as women, as mums, we put all this pressure on ourselves to be this perfect mother. So there's actually this thing called the perfect mother myth. And as women, we are conditioned to believe that in order to be a good mum, we need to do this, 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 and this. We need to cook all the meals. We need to have a clean house. We need to plan activities for our children. We need to always be happy and, you know, pleasant and, you know, love every moment with our kids. There's all of these real intense pressures that are placed on women in in motherhood that don't serve us and are actually completely unattainable. And I think once you start to recognize that those expectations aren't helpful and you can't meet them anyway, starting to let go of that pressure and um yeah just remind yourself that you are doing an amazing job um and there's actually this thing called and I find this really helpful to share with all mums is this concept called good enough mothering and our goal as mothers actually isn't to be perfect and actually that's not good for our children if we were to meet every one of their needs at every moment of the day never let them cry never let them down we're actually doing a disservice to our child so reframing to this sense of good enough mothering is actually the best thing for our child. So yes, we aim to meet their needs and make sure that they're feeling loved and supported and um, that we're there for them, but we actually don't need to to be perfect um, and we can just aim for good enough. That's so good. I love that. And, you know, like you said, you're helping your child as well. And I feel like when it comes to bringing up a little person, you want to do what you can best for them. And if if taking a back step a, a few times and putting less pressure on yourself is helping them, tick, tick. 
Tick, tick, 100%. And I'm a huge believer in when we look after ourselves as the mother, when we meet our needs, we're actually going to be able to show up better for our kids. So we might need to take a step back or have a movie day with our toddler or rest and, you know, let them play by themselves for a chunk of time. That's actually doing them like that's in service of them if we're able to fill up our cup and then feel more calm, feel more content, feel more, like you said, you know, after doing your breathing and then getting some stuff done in work or around the house and then Max wakes up, you're like, oh, I love him so much. Like you can enter that moment with so much joy as opposed to doing it a a bit of a different way. You know, it's so interesting you said about, you know, movie. I so you know there is obviously the no screen before two years old and it's like oh yeah I'm not going to let my child just sit there and watch movies on movies but um, sometimes it's actually really really hard to do zero screen at all in a whole week right and um, without anyone judging me (laughs) what we did was I um, I think it was the start of uh, the current lockdown that we're in. Uh, you know, I feel like everyone's been affected different ways, but for me that was like, ugh. And so I then was like, okay, I just need to have some time because with my current, you know, I'm heading into third trimester very soon and I know that that extra free time I currently have is going to be taken away soon. And some of that free time, one thing I love to do is watch a chick flick, a movie that is a feel-good movie. I cry, I laugh, like I love it. Anyway, so my husband doesn't love those movies so much, so it's not like we watch those ones together all the time. So it's a treat when I get to just sit and watch a movie by myself. Anyway, I watched the start of this movie and then I had about, I don't know, half an hour, 20 minutes left of the movie. I was super tired, so I stopped the movie and I went to sleep. So the next day, instead of watching the last part of the movie in Max's nap I was like no I want to utilize his nap for other things and then as soon as he woke I set up the the movie and then I went and got him and we came and I kept him in his sleeping bag and we came and we sat on the couch and we watched the last 20 minutes which is obviously the happiest part of the movie (laughs) everything comes together and we're just sitting there and every so often he no joke he would just turn his little head around to me and just smile like mom this is the best time I'm having so much fun with you right now and I'm there smiling away because obviously the movie is good and he is just the most precious thing in the world Mm -hmm. and it was just so good and I thought oh like yeah good no screen time and I don't do it much but that was gold so good so good and I thought you know obviously it's not something I'll do every day but when I need to, I'll do that. And that's okay. And it doesn't necessarily have to be that that me time, that filling my cup has to be away from my child. Like if I can do something like that, where Mm -hmm. he's there with me and he's filling my cup as well as, you know, the movie I'm watching, like, oh. Yes. I love that so much, Karen. And 
again, really releasing those expectations, that pressure, cuddling on our, on the couch with our child and watching a movie together is nourishing. Like screen time is not the enemy. If that's a beautiful moment where you're both resting, you're cuddling, you're connecting, that is not a bad thing. And I loved that important um, thing that you shared around filling up our cup doesn't have to happen away from our children. So this is how well, like, we need to get creative around how do I n- nourish myself, feel good, um, meet my needs, even when I've got little ones running around the house or at my feet or in my arms, right? There's, there's so many things that we can do with our kids or in their presence that is still going to be really um, nourishing for us. Exactly. Beautiful. Well, we will soon finish up. So if there's any other points that you would like to say to any mama out there, would there be any extra things that you have? Um, what? I had a few other little points on my list, but I think we've spoken about some really great things. So hopefully this has been really helpful for you. Um, I found that a lot of my clients have really um, benefited just from that gentle reminder to focus on what you can control Mm -hmm. and let go of the things that you can't. So every time you notice your mind getting caught up in, you know, when's the lockdown going to end? Um, you know, I I hate that people are breaking the rules or that the playgrounds aren't open or, you know, we can get so stressed and anxious and worried about things that we actually can't influence and it can be really helpful to tune back into okay what can I control what is within my space that I can take action around so whether that's well I can choose to move my body today I can choose to turn off the news I can choose to stop scrolling on social media and engaging in that stuff that's making me feel yuck I can choose to book in and get my vaccination or make the conscious decision to not get vaccinated if that's your in your value system really anchoring into what it is that is within your control can give you that sense of empowerment and control in a pretty um, challenging situation. Um, So that's kind of my last little tip and just, you know, just a real gentle reminder to all you beautiful mums out there that you are doing an amazing job. This is hard. This time is really challenging, but we will get through it together, even though we're apart. Um, and if anybody did need some extra support, please reach out. Um, I, I would be more than happy and would love to connect and support you if you need to see a psychologist. Amazing. And you know what? Just knowing that resources there is so good. And as we said at the start, it doesn't necessarily have to be that you're at breaking point, but to avoid breaking point. I think taking a few of these tips that we've talked about today um, and even listening today to some of these things that we've been um, mentioning might have stimulated you to think, you know what, back years ago, I used to do this and I loved it and I haven't done that for ages. And you know what, I'm going to do that today or I'm going to plan to have that this week. And as you said, you know, Um, people will say things about the future and I'm like, I don't plan anymore. (laughs) I don't know what planning ahead looks like, but 
We plan ahead with the small things that are, as you said, controllable. So, for example, tonight it's a matter of, okay, what are we going to have for dinner because it's the weekend and we want to, you know, enjoy this and and um, do something a little bit special and that's sort of the things that we can plan. Like we can plan to cook a meal that we enjoy and that's different. And so, yeah, we can't go uh, on a holiday or a flight or a escape like that, but we can certainly bring in something new and exciting uh you know that that's um a bit of a bit of fun and release for us as well yeah Yeah, well thank you so so much for your time so useful and always a pleasure to have you with us my pleasure karen thanks for having me some really helpful tips there and i hope that those tips from rebecca black have helped you today because it is about the small steps it's about taking those mini moments and really tuning in to how you're feeling and acknowledging how you're feeling thanks for listening to the preactive podcast we love hearing from you so leave us a comment or a review And hey, even request a future podcast when you head over to the show notes at productive.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with a friend because the more the merrier. Until next time.